guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, hey, O Club, it's your host, Brad Silliker. Wait, crap. Oh, I can't say that on the internet. <laughs> yeah, rather censors about this. You can't be flinging that word around. I'm going to have to use the explicit tag now. <laughs> it, it's uh, CE, Christian Explicit. <laughs> hey, everyone, it's your host, Beard Man and the Bald Eagle, coming at you live, 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 live. <laughs> Do you think I have to go back and start over? I don't know. I, I, like, I like the whole back and forth thing we just did there. But we're ruining now by talking about it. Yeah. So maybe. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you continue? Hey, I'm looking at the notes. What is this about a shout out to that Chelsea girl again? She's already okay. had a shout out. At some, at some point, she needs to become a sponsor. And that, well, that's true. Maybe she'll throw us a few shekels. Well, I did tell her that I said, oh, just so you know, the newest episode's dropping today, Tuesday, because I forgot about the Wednesday thing. And I said, and I gave you the shout out. She's like, sweet. And I said, oh, wait, just kidding. It's tomorrow. It's Wednesday that it comes out. And then uh, Abby said, hey, can I get a shout-out? I was like, sure. And Chelsea said, I want another shout-out. And I said, okay, I guess. But Chelsea, this is it. I'm cutting you off here. No more shout-outs unless you uh, subscribe and, of course, rate us on iTunes, and I'll give you a shout-out then. Um, here, Chelsea and Abby, get your, get your voicemail ready. Or like, you know, you know how people will, will do, uh, they'll, they'll get celebs to hold up or to, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. All right. Let's, here we go. Hi. Oh, my voice cracked. (coughs) Joy and Abed in the morning. (laughs) Hi, you've reached Abby's phone. I'm sorry. She's not here right now. She's too busy listening to the Oxford Holy Club podcast. Please leave a message, rate and review. Goodbye. Hi, you've reached Chelsea's phone. I'm sorry she can't come to the phone right now, but she's busy listening to the Oxford Holy Club podcast. You should go check it out and then rate and review. Have a blessed day. Bye. (laughs) Have a blessed day is really going to hit it with the teens. Oh, I love that. uh, um, Keep spiritually fit and have fun. Okay. Keep it lit. (laughs) Um, So years ago now, Lucas, you told me this riddle. And I'm embarrassed with the amount of time it took me and another person to solve this riddle. And the rule was simple. We were only allowed to ask yes or no questions. Now, some of the youth here in Oxford that listen to the podcast have already heard this a long time ago because it was something that I used immediately just to establish myself as the alpha male. (laughs) (laughs) Amongst certain types of males. Okay, go ahead. Right. Um, But... I just, I wonder if it's possible to toss a riddle out on the air and then when the episode goes live, we'll, we'll put it out on Facebook and people can ask yes or no questions and perhaps we can engage with them and answer them there and then read it for people as well and see if anyone can solve this. I like it. And I, and going into this, just, you know, audience, I have no idea. I I did a quick read of it and I can make no sense of it. So you might be further ahead than I am, but go ahead. Lay it on me. No, I'm hoping that you remember the riddle. Oh, oh, sorry. I was was looking at the next thing that was written down about cats and stuff. Okay. So you want, you want me to do the old, the old one. Yeah. All right. Now to be fair, this normally takes about an hour of time, uh, live. And I have a child who's just interrupted the podcast. Just hold on. Hey, uh, Esther. It's time for you to be in bed. 
It's just some random stuff from the bathroom. Oh, this is great. While he's doing that, we can judge his parenting style. Okay, yes, sir. Oh, he has headphones and he can hear me and he's smiling at his kid. <laughs> he's, a, he, he's, he's looking at his child, but he, he's focusing on my voice. <laughs> okay. let, let me tell you what to say to Esther. It'll be like in the movies. Esther, oh, he took the headphone out. You need to go to bed. Oh, his face changed. It became serious. Oh, we're his friends. Oh, club. Do you want to say goodnight and then go to bed? Oh, we might, we might have our first, we might have our first child star. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I believe I'm going to introduce you to you Esther. Deal? Okay. Say so right in the microphone. Say good night. Good night. Good night. She can't hear me. Yes. Okay. See you later. And he's coming back. He loves you very much, but he does not want to see your carcass downstairs again. Oh. I'll call child services. Oh, he's back. <laughs> uh, welcome back, Lucas. It's good to be back, Brad. Uh, so your daughter's heading to bed. Yeah. For All the right. umpteenth time. Uh, okay. So riddle, let me riddle me this. Okay. So yeah, so normally it takes like an hour of back and forth questioning. So it could be a slow process, but, uh, you know, we'll give it a, give it a whirl, a, a whirl. Uh, so the question is this, uh, 11 men walk into a room, they open a box, they look inside and then they leave. That is the end of a story. You, the idea of this riddle game is that you are supposed to ask yes or no questions, which then, is, and you're basically building the story and figuring out who they are, why they're there, what they're doing, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a lot of fun to do, especially on like a car trip or whatever. But uh, so I don't remember doing it with you. I mean, I, I vaguely remember like, the back and forth, but I don't remember what time it was or when it happened. We were young when it happened. I remember sitting mm. at an Irving Big Stop over peanut butter pie while this riddle was being tossed mm. out to me. That's and a good memory. It is a good well, memory. Pe the peanut butter pie. I don't remember the rest of it. Yeah. And it, it took us a year. And because then there was, you moved shortly after. So <laughs> so it was it, it took us forever to to finally get it and we would get little tidbits here and there and then eventually we got it and it felt oh so good. So so we're going to put it out there. Uh we'll get it in writing so you can see it on our Facebook page and and then you can start listener you can right now you can ask your questions and then we'll read them on air uh and and answer them maybe answer them that way. Yeah, we can kind of do an update. And I mean, if people care about this, we can do a little update as we go and we'll kind of be building the story. That might be um, good. And if they don't care, we'll just ignore it and pretend it never happened. <laughs> That's, well, let me tell you about all the things I have to delete because <laughs> no one cares. Uh, all right, Lucas, thank you for the riddle. Now, normally you bring us the hypothetical question, but as I shared with you, I wasn't sure if you were going to be on, um, you know, working the episode because uh, you had a meeting tonight, but then it got canceled. So I put something in just to, just in case, and it, apparently it stayed. So, for reasons that cannot be explained, cats can suddenly read at a 12th grade level. They can't talk and they can't write, but they can read silently and understand the text. Many cats love this new skill because they now have something to do all day while they laze around the house. However, a few cats become depressed because reading forces them to realize the limitations of their existence. 
not to mention the utter frustration of being unable to express themselves. So, Lucas, this being the case, do you think the average cat would enjoy Garfield? Or would cats find this cartoon to be an insulting caricature? Hmm. <clears throat> I'm trying to think what the human equivalent of Garfield is and if I find them in a, a bad caricature. Because it's on. not like Homer's... What are your mm-hmm. thoughts? What are your thoughts on Mondays? <laughs> Do you think I'm the human version of Garfield? I'm just wondering. I mean, I, I, I don't. I've never turned down a lasagna. Okay. Uh, um, Mondays. I actually like Mondays, so I don't think I'd be a good Garfield equivalent. I, uh, I also enjoy them. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So, I feel like cats would enjoy it because it's a feline. Uh, media you know representation in the media you know people people usually love it when they see people like them kind of represented in the media oh sure you know? sure so it's representation yeah it's like hey you know we're out there and, and they'll say like you know i hope they get a more you know three-dimensional cat out there some days but but you know for now at least you know at least we're up there i mean some cats are going to be annoyed by it but some cats are annoyed by everything so wouldn't you it's hard be, to please cats would you be concerned with walking into your house did you have a cat you don't have a cat no, I've never had a cat. My wife's allergic. My dad thought they were kind of pointless. Um, but I, I, I like cats just fine. But if it wasn't for my wife, they're the right level of <laughs> animal for me. Like they're, 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 they kind of you know they're interactive, they're way more interactive than like a goldfish or a bird. But they're not as high maintenance as a dog. Um, now cats differ wildly on how friendly they are. Sure. So I mean, but uh, yeah, I, I got nothing against cats. It would it would startle me to see the cat, my cat, Zoe, just laying in my bed, like she does, as she want to do, reading. <laughs> yeah, uh, that would it would bother me more. Um, do I think that the average cat would enjoy Garfield? You know, I. Oh, who wrote Garfield? I'm just trying to think. Um, oh, yeah, it's, come, it's in my brain. Um, Dave, something. No, Dave is the character in it. No, John. No, no, John Arbuckle is is the main character, but you you might be right on Dave something. Hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and Google it right there. Who wrote Garfield? Jim Davis. Jim Davis. That's where the David name came from. There uh, you go. I think Jim Davis did a pretty fair assessment of the of the feline. Yeah, so I, I would I, say so. You know. And I, if you can't laugh at yourself, why can you? You just cry. Just it's just satire at that point. That's what you say it is. And and maybe those poor depressed cats. This is exactly what they need. They need a good Garfield, a good you know. I hate Mondays, laying in the sun, eating lasagna, getting ticked mm-hmm. off at Odie. You know. So I think you know what I think it's all good. Would cats enjoy it? I would if I was a kitty cat. Mm-hmm. Lucas. Any deep pressing thoughts? Being, I think we're done being, with this one. Being a cat, uh, I think, is a, if you had to be an animal, cat's a pretty good gig. I mean, you just sit there and laze around and just they feel like you're better than everybody. So it's like 90% of, you know, internet commenters, essentially, uh, oh. except for you don't have to have a job or anything. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for our not-a-sponsor portion of the show, the part of the show where we highlight a product that we feel does it better than anybody else, but they won't support us financially. 
So when my kids get grounded, we have this scale of points, and depending on what they, you know, what they've done, we'll assign points, and then they they then have to choose some of the chores to earn it off. Now, just a heads up: sometimes there's no chore that will cut it; they're just grounded. But when they do get to choose, generally they'll choose things like cleaning the bathroom because it's worth so much, and there's two bathrooms, so they get double the points for that. Well. As the dad, I have to be careful with harmful chemicals and rags and different things that are all over the place, but no longer. Because of a company called Norwex, they have different things like microfiber cloths that are um, that you know are clean, and you don't even have to put cleaner on them. You just put water on them, and they've got enzymes built right in that are going to clean, disinfect, and everything that you're used to. They have spray bottle cleaners that are also safe and friendly for the environment and for your children and your pets. And you know what? As a dad, that actually actually matters to me, especially so I don't have to stand in the bathroom for such a long time while they use that other guy, Mr. Mr. Scrubs with the earring and he's bald. That's not right. But in my opinion, nobody does it better at keeping my home clean and my kids and animals safe than Norwex. Not a sponsor. And we're back. How was that energy? I, I had a good pop. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, well, Lucas, we're going to move into uh, our, our tough question with some tough answers. Built <laughs> for tough, not a sponsor. Darn it. Um, so I've been just, I've been thinking about what, you know, what kind of questions are out there? What kind of things are people asking? And um, one of the questions that comes up and that I see a lot and, and I hear a lot is this question about calling. The question specifically is, what does it mean to be called by God, it's th- that's a phrase you know that we hear in the church a lot. Um, it's a very churchy, churchy it, thing to it, say. It's a very churchy thing to say. Um, so then it's like, well, is that a job? Is that a state of being? Is that my purpose? Like, what what is this idea of being called by God? Is is everyone called? And what happens if I don't answer? You know, I've I've um, I've, I've talked about this subject before. I've preached on this subject before, and, and I've done Bible studies on this subject before, which is probably setting the bar a little bit too high for this podcast right now. And I, and I have done none of these things on this subject. Well, fantastic. So we're, we're a real goofus and gallant for this, Oh, which none of our listeners would know who that was. None, none. Which one are you? Uh, usually gallant, but I think it might be goofus in this one. <laughs> okay. Um so, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss to you right now, Lucas, when you hear, this might be good, because when you hear the phrase, you know, called, of, called by God, where does your brain go? Um, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's, it's like I said, it's a, it's a very Christian-y phrase. Like if you never grew up in the church, it wouldn't probably make a lot of sense to you. It's something that people say usually when like they feel that God wants them to do something. Like it could be. Um, like you, a lot of time it's like a job. Like I feel called into the ministry, like, like I, which means like I'm, I've, I feel like God wants me to be a pastor or I feel yeah. called into whatever usually. And I remember seeing a funny, uh, internet thing about it that said, you know, people trying to say like, Oh, I feel God, you know, God told me we should be together as a couple. And then I was like, no, I feel called towards singleness. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Most people, when they hear this, they, they think a be, uh, that it means called specifically into ministry, mm-hmm. you know, I, and it's funny because right now in the church, uh, we're going through our church year end. And so there's all kinds of things that come up, you know, obviously finances and different stuff and reporting and all that. But, um, right now, uh, to keep my credentials in good standing, I fill out a form 
uh, every year until I'm ordained. But um, part of that form talks about, you know, talk about when you were called. And that's kind of the way the question is phrased. And, and in that context, it's talking about uh, when did I feel God calling me or, or speaking to me specifically about being in ministry? Now, of course, that's because I'm in ministry and that's why it's in that context. Um, but I want to kind of unpack it a little bit because there's, there's some great stories in scripture about God calling. And now when I, you know, when we think of calling, I want, I want you just to think about it in terms of a conversation. So for instance, you called me on Skype. Right. And I did. You did. And, and we're having this, we're having a conversation that we're recording, but, but you could call me at any time with, Hey Brad, I've got this, I've got this news for you. I've got this great thing to tell you about, or you could be calling me to be like, Hey Brad, I've got a job opportunity for you or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, it, you know, there's, when you call your picture comes up and I've, I have the ability to either answer or decline. And you, 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 you've never declined a call from me, have you? Uh, so like I was saying, you know, when, when God calls, there's, there's an opportunity just like with the Skype call for me to either accept it or decline it. And, uh, and there's a really cool story that you've probably heard before and it's in Exodus, uh, and it's specifically about Moses and, and I would encourage you to, uh, to go and check out, you know, the, the book of Exodus and, and learn about Moses, but there's all kinds of lead up to who Moses is about his birth and all this different stuff. And even the, the circumstances around his birth are miraculous. The fact that he's alive and, and just, just go check it out. Read right from the beginning, right from the beginning of Exodus, uh, talks about him. But, uh, Moses, when he's about 80 years old, gets this call from God, um, literally in the form of a burning bush. And you can read all about it in, uh, in Exodus chapter three, uh, talks about how Moses was out taking care of a flock for his father-in-law. And he saw this, uh, bush that was on fire and he's like, well, I should go check that out. Um, now Lucas, would you do that? If you saw a bush on fire, would you immediately just go over to it? Uh, I mean, this is back before like Netflix and stuff. So, you know, a burning bush and fire is about as exciting as it gets in the desert. But I, I <laughs> certainly, enough. I certainly would be leery of it. I'd be a little bit nervous about going up to this because how did it get caught on fire, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so not only was it on fire, but it wasn't being consumed. And, and so then, um, so Moses went over to check it out and then God started talking to him and he said, Moses, Moses, here I am. Uh, do not come near, take your sandals off for this place is, uh, is holy ground. And, and then God explains who he is uh, to Moses. And, and then he said this, then, then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry uh, because of their taskmasters. I know their suffering and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up um, out of that land to a good and broad land a land flowing with milk and honey. Uh, and then and he continues and he continues. Um, and then he says this, come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. So right there, Moses is getting a specific call to God, from God. Um, at this point in, in history, God comes down onto earth in the form of this burning bush and speaks to Moses and says, hey, my people are hurting and it's time for me to do something and I'm sending you to go do this. And so, you know, in, in, this, in this type of sense, this is the call that Moses is getting. 
But then if you read about the exchange, uh, Lucas, you know the story. Moses begins to argue back and forth with God. Have you ever been in that situation before where you sense that God is, is telling you to do something and you're like, hmm, I'm not so sure about that one. <laughs> I'd rather not. Can I take a mulligan on this one? No, I'm, I'm really asking though. Have you ever found yourself um, in that? And you don't need to give an example. I'm trying to think like, uh, I, I can't, I'm sure there's been times when, when I've been, I've, I've certainly been contrary to what God wants for my life. Uh, but I can't think of a time personally where I, I felt called to do or be somewhere and I went the opposite direction. Mm. Uh, pull, pull a full on Jonah. Well, that's good because I'll, let's continue to look and see what happens with Moses. Um, he begins to argue with God. <laughs> you would think if a burning bush talked to you and told you that it had a plan for you, you'd be that like... you wouldn't get lippy with it. Well, you wouldn't get lippy. And God established himself, um, you know, I'm the God of, of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all this. Like, he established himself as, um, as the God of, of Moses because Moses was really an Israelite. Um, and, and Moses starts arguing, and then he starts doing this. He basically starts whining about how he's not able to accomplish any of these things because God tells him to go speak to Moses or to go speak to Pharaoh. And Moses is like, well, I don't speak well. And so send somebody else. And God continues to go. He's like, listen, I will go. I'll be with you. You're not going alone. I'm going to be there. And Moses continues and continues. And, and finally it gets to this place where Moses said, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he's coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, um, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and teach you both what to do. So I guess the reason I'm sharing this story is this. There was a specific call that God uh, had for Moses, and Moses argued enough that God got frustrated with him and was like, fine, if you're unwilling, then we're going to bring someone in that wasn't part of the initial plan. And I'm going to use your brother, Aaron. And, and so then that's what happened. So I, I wonder when I read that, does that mean then that if God calls me or you to a specific task and we keep going back and forth and we're like, mm, I'm not so sure, you know, what, what if they don't like me? What if whatever, whatever, will God eventually be like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go find somebody else. And if yeah, I think it's funny because like, I don't know if anyone, especially the younger listeners would even know what a collect call was, <laughs> but a collect call is basically when, uh, back in the day before everyone had cell phones, you needed to get a hold of mom or dad and you're who knows where you go to a pay phone you can call collect. I forget how to do it exactly, but you would call, you hit a number and then dial your number. And then what happens is they call your house or whoever, and then they'll, then when they pick up the phone, they say, hello, um, this is so-and-so, this is MBTEL, you have a collect call from, and it would record my name, me being like, mom, it's Lucas, come get me. Uh, it's like, Do you accept the charges? And basically it kicked the charges back to my parents or whoever you were calling. Yeah. And now the thing is, God can call us, but we can decline. Like we we can say no uh, because we have we have free will, right? Like he he didn't want to make us robots to just do exactly the thing he wants. The trouble is sometimes he has an awesome plan for us, and we just like mm, no thanks. Yep, absolutely. Um, and that's that's gonna be disappointing to God. 
if if we were if we just send the call back i uh i think a lot about um you know how you have like little things from your from like your childhood that you feel stupid about like even way after you grew up i still remember um like my dad was always like going above and beyond doing cool stuff um and i was kind of a lame kid like i mean i was i was funny or whatever but like i i I, I just, I wasn't, I was an indoor cat, like through and through. Sure. And my dad, <laughs> he would always put lots of effort into organizing these like things for me for my birthdays. Like a couple of years, he took us on a backpacking trip and like what middle schooler gets to go on a backpacking trip? Like, and it wasn't even my, it wasn't like my like interest, but it was still fun. Like I loved it and it was fun. I took my friends and like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I was like, I know. Right. But one time he organized this thing where he took us to this uh, local campground and then like. We, he, he organized like a mini golf tournament for us and I was, I saw it and I was like, Hmm, no thanks. And I just didn't play. I just went and like played on the swings or whatever. Like I would have been in elementary school, sure but I, I think of that years later and feel like ashamed because like my dad went through all this work and I was just like, mm, pass, <laughs> like, oh. what a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, th- I think we can see in like even that story, we have the opportunity when God calls for us just to ignore um, mm-hmm. what is, what is, and I, this wasn't in my notes, but just kind of, just kind of hit me was, is that there's scripture that talks about the unpardonable sin, um, which is what, what is called in scripture, blaspheme of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit, which is God is speaking to you, trying to bring you to a point where you will accept salvation, you know, becoming a Christian and you ignoring that um, to the point where you die and there's no, you know, that's it. Um, th- that's the type of call that you want to pick up. Definitely. Right? Um, so I-, I think it's easy from the story of Moses that you can see. And again, we're just, we're kind of briefly going over this, the, the topic of a calling is a huge conversation. Um, but specifically with Moses, you can see that, you know, God had a specific purpose and plan for Moses to accomplish. But I think the great thing about this story is, is that Moses didn't have the ability. He, he wasn't a public speaker. You know, some people say that Moses had a stutter. Um, we, I don't, I'm not sure now that I'm trying to think about it, if it's said, but Moses couldn't speak properly. He couldn't speak well. And despite that, God knew that when he was calling Moses to be a public speaker to the highest governing authority in the land. And he, and he still called Moses. And I find it interesting how often God calls people that don't have it all together, that don't have the perfect the perfect skill and gift set to accomplish, you know, that task. Uh, I love the old saying, uh, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Yeah. And you know, I was thinking of that as well. And, and I've found, I'm not sure about you, but I found that to be true. Um, I think maybe one of the reasons is because then we have to so desperately rely on him. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, you know what happens if pride comes in. You're like, well, I can do this, and unfortunately, and we're not gonna. This is a. This could be a rabbit trail. Uh, there are an awful lot of Christians and churches and, and all that that think that they're doing fine without the Lord. They yep. think they think they've got it all together. Um, all right, let me let me try to bring this back now. 
Um, and so Moses doesn't have it all together and God calls him to do that. And, and you, you already said it, God promises to be there with him and to equip him in that moment, you know, and later in the New Testament, when they're talking with the Holy Spirit, it talks about how, how not to worry about what you're going to say in front of people, that the Holy Spirit will give you the words. And even when we're praying, if we don't even know what to pray, the Holy Spirit will, will groan um, on our behalf. It will speak on our behalf of those deep things that we can't even put into words. I guess the point I'm making is this. If we're, if we're feeling and sensing God's calling us to do something, let's not get so caught up on what we can't do because God promises to be there with us and to equip us in those moments. But just like Moses, we have the opportunity to say no. So that's kind of, you know, when I'm, when I'm thinking in my brain, uh, and I, actually I know the story of, of someone that felt called to be a missionary. They felt that God specifically for them had purposed them to be a missionary and they opted not. They, they didn't want to, they ignored that ran from it, if I use their terms, and tried doing all kinds of different things in the business world, only to have them all fail. Now, I'm not saying that this person, I'm not saying that God destroyed all their businesses, but in the conversation with them, they attribute an awful lot of that to the, to the fact that they were running from something that they knew they were quote unquote called to. I'm just going to leave that there to chew on. <laughs> I do think, though, that regardless or uh, beyond the conversation of job or that type of thing, there is a calling for everyone to be something. Um, and I think that's pretty simple, that every person is called to be a Christian. I, I don't know how, how much easier I could make that. Um, Revelation 3.20 says, behold, and this is Jesus, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Now, does that mean that Jesus is inviting us to just a meal? Well, no. Although, Lucas, have you ever looked in the Bible to see how much of Jesus's ministry was uh, around food? <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. I mean, because here's the thing. Oh, maybe you're, maybe I'm stepping on your line. But no, go. Th the thing is, like, eating a meal is a relational thing. Yeah. You don't, you know... If you're eating a meal with someone, either you are kind of friends or you can be, you become friends. Like, you know, a lot of the memories you have would be around the dinner table or around the school table, just kind of like messing around or whatever. Like it's a relation building thing. So, of course, you know, Jesus was all about building relationships. He didn't come here to drop a list of rules on us. He came here to build relationships. So, of course, he's going to get a lot done sitting around the table with whatever weird ancient Palestinian food they ate. <laughs> Uh, yep. At one point we looked to see what it said about, um, the communion food and it was like a spiced meat. So we assumed it was donairs. <laughs> Jerky. Jerky. Um, but th th this is a real picture of, you know, when, when you have solicitors come calling is what, you know, what we'll term it as <laughs> people are coming to your door to sell you on something or whatever. And they're, they're calling, they're ringing the doorbell and all that. Well, here is a picture of Jesus coming to your door and calling to you. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. In other words, Jesus is calling everyone, everyone that hears his voice. And, and that's the Holy Spirit speaking, by the way. 
I will come to him and eat with him. But we have to open the door. You have to open the door. Jesus can't kick the door down and force the, you know, force himself on us. Um, and so this is, you know, what Lucas talked about. It's that relationship. It's about becoming a Christian, having and starting a relationship with Jesus Christ. And not only that, um, but we're also called to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And and that can be a, 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 a subject that can go a bunch of different ways because there's, a you know, different people think different things when they hear that. Some people think that to be filled with the Spirit means you've got to be speaking in tongues. Some people believe that if you're filled with the Spirit, that means you're falling down all the time, you know, overwhelmed. But it's that's not what we're talking about. I'm not talking about expressions. I'm talking about having the presence of God filling you. Uh, and what that looks like is different for many people. Um you know, you can read through Galatians 5. It talks all about that, about, you know, walking by the Spirit and not gratifying the desires of the flesh and, you know, and, 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 and actually having what they call the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Like, those are, those are things we are called to be. In my inner being, God is calling me to have love and joy and peace and patience. And we've talked about these things in the podcast before, so I know that this, this isn't new, but in, in, in just the context of calling, I think it's important to point out. I, oh, I'm, I've talked an awful lot, Lucas, please. <laughs> Come on, goofus. <laughs> well, um, one of the things I kind of uh, picked out of the story was, um, it's funny because when you're reading the, you know, the children's version of the Bible or just kind of, you know, just have kind of a passing knowledge of the Bible, the story of Moses goes, you know, Moses was born, you know, he was in trouble. They put him in a little uh, basket thing and he becomes a prince of Egypt and he's, you know, up so high. And then and then he has to escape because he killed an Egyptian. And that's where he spends time in the desert and the burning bush and all that happens. Except, like you said, he was 80. And when you're going through the story quickly, it kind of feels like he's only been in the wilderness for like a month, yeah. right? Or like a year. Like, But no, he spent like probably 60 years or 50 years in the wilderness, you know? And so some people would have thought, you know, Moses probably, I'm sure, spent a lot of time out there by himself thinking, man, you know, God gave me this great position and I could have been so powerful for my people and I blew it. And he spent probably 50 years thinking about that. But mm. then God called him, you know, God's never done with you. You're never too old. You're never too young. Um, you know, age and time have no bearing. And just because he hasn't called you to do something doesn't mean you won't. Yep. Um, now, on the flip side of that, like I think we were talking about this before too, um, not everyone's called to be in ministry, right? And, no, absolutely. And I think you were saying before, like you might be called to be uh, a business person and you might be called to be an honorable, upstanding part of society. You might be called to be, you know, a stay-at-home dad or stay-at-home mom. Like, And there's... Those are, those are great things because you can, it's where you're going to do the most good, where God has a plan for you. Now, some people do have that feeling like, I feel really called to be this thing, but not everybody does. And, and yep. like you said, we're, we're called to be Christians. We're called to uh, kind of exemplify uh, Christian character and to really, we're called to be someone that when people see us, they want to know more about us. Like what, what makes you different? Like what is the thing? Yeah. And we can do that in any job. We can do that in any scenario of life. Um, and so just keep that in mind. Cause I know, especially for young people, you know, I, you know, I work with, uh, grade 11s and 12s and there's a lot of like uncertain, like, I don't know what I want to do. And I mean, I was there too, like a thousand years ago and it's, it's confusing <laughs> and you're like, Oh, what, what if I make the wrong choice? 
Well, it's easy. If you make the wrong choice, make a different choice. Like it's yep. not like you're locked into everything or God has two choices, you know, path A or B. And if I pick A, he'll be happy with me and B, he'll turn his back on me forever. Like, that's not how it works, right? Right. Like you'll, you'll figure it out. No, most, most choices are not fatal and you can, you can kind of bring it back. Most choices aren't fatal and failure is not final. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, Lucas, you said something that's huge and it made me think of, you know, we're, we're tossing out all of our cliches tonight, but mm-hmm. I, but you've heard this like bloom where you're planted. Mm-hmm. So regardless of what you're doing for a job right now, you know, I pumped gas for four years as a teenager at an Irving, not a sponsor. Well, my, my call was my, was my vocational call to be a gas attendant. No, I, I, God spoke to me specifically about that one. Regardless of that though, I was called to, to model Jesus Christ in that position that when I go out to pump gas, I would do it with integrity, you know, humility, you know, love and all that for the people. That was difficult sometimes when it was really cold and, you know, back in the full service days. But, um, the last thing I want to touch on this is this is, um, because Christ did give us a commandment that was for everyone. And so, you know, uh, it could be a rallying call, uh, which is this, Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's saying, where, where, wherever you go, wherever you're going, go and tell people about me, show them who I am, teach them about me and how to follow me. And then, and then specifically, he talks about baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, which we've, you know, we've often given to our clergy, to our pastors. And we're like, well, no, no, only, only clergy can do that. Only pastors can do that. And I'm not getting into that conversation. We should have an episode about baptism and talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. But we are called as Christians, you, me, doesn't matter whether you're a pastor or whether you're not. Um, we're all called to go out and teach people about Jesus Christ and tell them about what we have. We've freely been given this and we're freely supposed to give it out to other people. So there's a lot we haven't touched on about call, um, but for the purposes of this episode, I think we're going to wrap that up there, Lucas, unless you have anything else that you want to toss in. Well, just uh, I've, I've known lots of people who've been called into the ministry uh, in various shapes and forms, like being missionaries, being, you know, just traditional clergy or whatever. Um, and I've heard lots of them say like, oh, you know, it's scary. And they're being honest. It's scary. Sure. To get one of those kind of actual like call calls. And he says, but here's the thing. I've never heard a single one of them complain about going into ministry. Or you talk to like an old retired missionary. It's like, yeah, you know, times are tough and this this wasn't easy and that wasn't easy. But, oh, man, I wouldn't trade it for the world. The things I've seen, the people I've talked to, the work I've got to do, like, wouldn't trade it for anything. I've never heard anyone regret answering a call, no matter how scared they were to answer. Yeah. Hey, pastors that may be listening, um, this is a good reminder for all of us that he he called us into ministry and, and he equips us and, and we're to be filled with the spirit and to operate out of that, not out of ourselves. And he promised that he would build his church. So pastors, you don't need to build his church. He's going to build it. You just need to be faithful to be who he created you to be and, and do what he tells you to do and say what he tells you to say. And, and if he tells you to be quiet, then please be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, and that's, that's more for me. Cause I'm a rambler. Sometimes I'm hearing God in my head. And I'm preaching. He's like, okay, you're done. I'm like, okay, I gotta be done <laughs> anyway. Uh, Lucas, how on earth do you eat a cupcake? Well, um, you see, there is a technical answer for this. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot the context. Like, I had a cupcake for the first time in years today, and how are you supposed to eat one of those suckers? This comes, uh, this comes from Yahoo Answers, of course. <laughs> well, it's funny because you first you see this like, of course, you're shoving it in your mouth. But actually, it is one of those ones that can be tricky, especially if you have like a beard. Like, there's, it's hard, there's hard to find a delicate way to eat it. Um, but there is a way, and I'm about to share it with you if you don't want to get stuff all over your face. Um, so the technical answer, if you want to get real, uh, you know, split hairs about it, is you split the cupcake horizontally, not vertically, horizontally. Um, and then you take the bottom half, the naked icing-free stump that you've, you know, torn asunder, and then you take it and place it atop the frosting. Okay. So making yourself a little frosting sandwich. So you rip off the bottom, do uh, do a little switcheroo, and you smoosh it onto the top. So this way, all of the icing, or most of it anyway, is contained, which makes it a less messy uh, way to do it. It also gives you a more ideal frosting to cake ratio because, you know, whether you like frosting or not, usually you don't want a full bite of that. Now, oh, hold on, hold on. Yep, mm-hmm. The ratio never changed. The orientation of of the cake changed, but the, the ratio of cake to icing has not changed. Actually, well, it has because now if you're eating it in one bite, then no, it has right. not changed. Okay, yes, but you're not eating it in a bite. You're you're you, you know you're, if you're biting it you know top down, you're getting like fifty percent frosting, fifty percent cake. Okay, sure. And then you're, if then if you do a bottom bite, you're getting hundred percent cake, zero percent frosting. So it kind of if you want to keep your ratios fairly even. Um, then that's the right way to do it. Now, I do it. I do it. Don't do it the proper way. The way I do it is I wait till no one's looking. <laughs> no. I use the bottom wrapper, scrape all the frosting off, and then throw it in the garbage where it belongs. You don't need frou-frou sugar ointment to make it good. Be cake or be nothing. I have no time for frosting. It's just, especially you go to those fancy, like, cupcake shops. It's just, like, a pretty okay cup, cup you know, cake. With like a ton of frosting on it, and it looks cool. They look beautiful, but do they taste very good? I would say no. I'm not a big fan of frosting. So if you ever give me a, a cupcake, if you watch me carefully and longly enough, you will watch me scrape the icing off. And I don't mind a little bit on top, you know, just the residue. That's not too bad, but that's the most I would want. How do you eat a cupcake? <laughs> I I've never ever done that. Either of the things that you've said, um, in relation to scraping off the the icing, what is wrong with you? It's just too sugary, man. I'm getting old. Why, I don't know. I, what, I why, need a gallon of tea. Why would you even then? Why would you go buy a cupcake just to scrape off what you just paid for? You're also oh. frugal. So what? <laughs> you that must. Why would you ever? Why would you? Um, oh, quick. How would you do this? Ask me how many cupcakes I've purchased in my life. Okay. Lucas, how many cupcakes have you purchased in your life? I would say less than five. Like, I don't buy cupcakes because of that very reason. It's a waste, right? Um, I like cake. Yeah. Um, if it's my birthday, I ask for, like, 
There's a special kind of frosting you can get. It's usually, it's like rainbow chip, and it's not the super sugary. It's a little more like creamy, yes. and that's not so bad in a thin layer. That's kind of fun, you know, a sometimes treat, but uh, <laughs> none of that super sugary stuff. No, thank you. Okay, uh, and generally, just to answer the question, I've usually just like taken bites with. Uh, well, actually, I started getting like an it, apple, like an apple, but then I started doing the whole thing where I would bite the bottom off and, and enjoy the cake without the icing, and then the 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 top then suffer would, through the top half well it's not i see i enjoy the icing i i would have more icing um <laughs> so that's how i would do it i would just bite the bottom off then go for the top when i have muffins even from t uh, tim's not a sponsor i would i'll do that you know you get your banana nut muffin well i eat the bottom of that and then i enjoy the, the top eat the stump and then I, eat the top i eat the stump first then i go for the top Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Top uh, of the muffin to you. All right, top of the muffin to you. Lucas, let's get let's get this thing done. I'm looking for a product recommendation from you. Just could be anything. Uh I you know, I saw this one and it's tricky because you're basically like, what's your favorite thing in the world? Uh, because everything's basically a product. Um so I hummed and hawed and I thought a few different things, but I think the thing I would highly recommend to people now, now this wouldn't be for everybody, but if you are into flying drones at all, um, I, I would recommend the DJI Spark uh, drone. It's a quadricopter. Um, DJI is like the Cadillac of drones. They're the best of the best. No one's even close. Um, and d the DJI Spark is kind of like their entry-level model. Um, and so it's, you know, it doesn't have quite the range or whatever, but it still takes, you know, HD pictures and stuff, not 4K, but still takes super nice pictures and video, super stable, has all the same like guts and brain of like all the nice fancy ones. But it's small, it's super compact, it can take off out of the palm of your hand, and you can land it in your hand. It only went horribly wrong for me one time. <laughs> uh, and other than that, it just it's a great little unit, and they're not, for, for a DJI product, they're the least expensive. They're a great um, entry-level drone. I highly recommend. Is that the drone that, that would be referenced in our second episode where we were in the park in New Brunswick? Yes, I was, I was, I was sparking it up that day as well. Uh, very cool. Listener, you go on back and listen to that if you want to hear about that drone. Uh, well, thank you, listeners. Thank you, Lucas, for joining us tonight. What, what about your product recommendation? I'll give it next week. You know what? We're running, we're running long. We're running long here. All right. Uh, leave so, them wanting more. Again, yeah, we'll leave you want more. You want to hear? Come back next week. Thanks, listeners, and thanks again, Lucas. And remember that you can uh, also send in your questions to us. And Lucas is going to talk to you about that. Well, you can follow our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Oxford Holy Club, or email OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com. Uh, if you're using social medias, throw up the hashtag OHClub, uh, and if you give us a five-star rating on iTunes, um, please do so, and we will read your comments on the air. And if you can, support the podcast by giving a small monthly donation. Uh, it just helps keep the lights on, you know, different things like microphones and, and uh, different programs and things like that. So... That's where the money would go. You can do that for as low as $1, 5 or $10. And we don't always like asking for money, you know, here at Oxford Holy Club. But, uh, but if you can do that, then that's fantastic. And the way that you do that is, uh, is through the Anchor app, which is a podcast app. I'm unsure if you can do it through iTunes, different things like that. But Anchor, who hosts our podcast, has made it possible for you to uh, do monthly donations. And so you can head on over to do that. But more importantly, until next time, keep spiritually fit and, and have, have fun. 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 fun.